Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. The following broadcast has been approved for Elite Hornets fans. What a block by Cody Zeller. Walker down the lane, drive, shoots, scores! Game over! Bringing back the buzz is only the beginning. We will not go quietly into the night. It's Hornets talk for the hardcore fan. It's Hive Talk Live. Welcome in, Hornets fans. You are listening to Hive Talk Live here on AtTheHive.com. It's Hornets Talk for the hardcore fan, and we are recording this week in the Gittimer.com studios in BEA beautiful uptown Charlotte. I'm Doug Branson. And I am still David Walker, Doug. Uh, make sure you follow us out there on Twitter, at Hive Talk Live, and visit us online at HiveTalkLive.com. You can listen to us live on Tuesdays at 6 o'clock p.m. at HiveTalkLive.com. Make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. In the event that we are not live, you can listen to Hornets Talk anytime, anywhere. Want to mention this real quick. We're going to be live in person at Fitzgerald's on 5th Street in Uptown Charlotte, November 7th, starting at 6.30 p.m. It's part of Bring Back the Buzzes, Charlotte versus Everybody event. There's going to be local art. It starts at 6.30. We go live at 7. We'll end at 8 o'clock, and you can start watching pregame for Hornets at Spurs. Do it all at Fitzgerald. There will be art. There will be Hornets talk. Everything that you could – and then a Hornets game. Everything that you could ask for. Food, drinks, TVs, plenty of TVs, some good chatter. It'll be a good time. Absolutely. Uh, let's see what's coming up on this show. This is a pretty big show. We've got several guests, uh, Chris Barnwall and Nick Denning from at the hive will be joining us a little later on. We're going to uh, pick some NBA games. We're going to talk about this, uh, the first three games in the Hornets schedule against the heat and then a home and home against the Hawks. We'll talk a little fantasy basketball. We've got a huge show, but first we have to get to the Biggest story going on uh, with the Hornets right now, and that involves their starting lineup. Uh, This news started to trickle out from Coach Clifford after practices and such. P.J. Hairston looks like he'll get the start at 2-3. Who really knows? It's going to be Kimba, Batum, Hairston. No final word. A little little kind of conflicting reports about whether Zeller or Marvin will get the start at the 4, and then Jefferson, of course, anchoring everything down at the five, and this is for the game against the Heat because, David, I think it's going to be a little game-to-game, these starting rotations, at least early on. Yeah, you could say that. Apparently so. I mean, I'd still lean towards Zeller, but at this point, I have no idea. To say I was shocked to see that P.J. was starting is definitely an understatement. I mean, I get it. It's They were definitely looking around for options, but, um, hey, P.J., another shot here to, to show everyone what, what he can do. I mean – it makes as much sense as anything, I, I guess. I mean, he's definitely he's definitely a shooting guard, so there's that. I think I think you could definitely. I think with his size, you can classify him not size height wise, but you could classify him as a small forward. Let's bring in our first guest uh, from WFNZ six ten, the fan. 
You can hear him on the call-up from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. And you can also uh, listen to him on his new podcast, the Mike Check Podcast. Nada Edwards, Nada, how you doing, buddy? Boys, how y'all doing today? Oh, uh, we're doing. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry to hear about technical, tech, the technical difficulties and everything. And, I mean, look, y'all working through it like pros, man. I'll, I'll give you that. Y'all here's, working through it like pros. Here's why it's okay. Because the NBA starts tonight. It's basketball Christmas. Yeah, That's Christmas. right. Nothing can get us down at this point, and the Hornets play on Wednesday, so uh, there's nothing that could get us down. And we're glad to have you, Nada, to here to kind of parse some of this information that we're getting. First of all, your first reactions to hearing that P.J. Hairston would get the start at uh, the three or the two or whatever you want to call it. I'm honestly surprised it wasn't Jeremy Lin that we're, that we're talking about starting right now. I'm honestly surprised that we're not talking about Jeremy Lin being the one to start primarily because Jeremy Lin was the one that looked so great this all in the preseason. He expanded, he expanded the drives. He expanded the lane was probably one of the most key parts of the ball movement that we saw in the, in the preseason. It's just been just one of those things where I would I would have thought Jeremy this was Jeremy Lin's spot to lose as of I don't even know like maybe the first home preseason game last week against the Knicks, but then comes out that PJ Hairston's starting and I'm confused all of a sudden. And and I so. think a lot of fans out there were shocked and we had heard rumblings that Clifford was considering this, but but nothing nothing big enough to I think consider you know, PJ pencil him in yeah. And, I mean, look, so we, we've poured over Jeremy Lin's stats in the preseason. We, we all know how well he played. Here's P.J.'s preseason stats. Now, he played early on the first two games, had to sit a couple for injuries, and then played the final few. Uh, averaged 19.6 minutes a game, 6.2 points, 31% from the field, 27% from beyond the arc. He, he took 4.4 three-pointers a game, two rebounds, one steal. That's nice. David, <laughs> that is nice. That is nice, but but here's the thing. So this is obviously not about raw numbers. I mean, when you hear Cl- Clifford was all over the place, he was on, I believe he's on FNZ, he was on uh, 730. Yeah, he was on FNZ this morning, yeah. And, and he's not talking about shooting stats. He's talking about defensive toughness. He's talking about uh, size on the perimeter. I mean, right. those are the things that he's associating with PJ. Well, PJ point. does one other thing, maybe better than anything. And that's that's a good shots up, uh, three quarters right. of the court shot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's so, I great. Mean, so I mean, they're launching them early in this preseason. We've seen that Clifford wants to get those three pointers up. That won't be an issue uh, with PJ out there. He needs to get a few more going in. But I mean, yeah, I, I'm like Nada. Like I said, it was a little shocking to me. I think on the Lynn front, we talked about this a little bit last week. I got to think it came down to. Maybe you guys know something I don't. It's, it's got to come down to them wanting to keep Lynn somewhat running with that second team or being the first point guard off the bench, I would think, as opposed to having him start and then, you know, being a Brian Roberts first substitution or something like that. I don't know. That's the way I'm thinking of it is that if you take Lynn off that second unit, the dangerousness, the, the amount of danger that can bring from that second unit and the scoring is dramatically lessened. That's the only way it makes sense to me. But we have compared a guy like PJ Harrison to captain Jack past. And that's something that I think we need to look at in terms of maybe this will work in terms of, like you said, a toughness in terms of, you know what, we know he's, 
One thing we know about P.J. Harrison, he's going to rebound. And that was one of the underrated things about Gerald Henderson when he was here, mm. is that you knew as a two-guard, as, as a three, he was going to go back there, he was going to go grab the boards, he was going to fight for those boards. Now, will you live with some of the mistakes he makes? Yes. But we also know that P.J. has been one of Clifford's favorites for, for since he was here. Remember, he was talking about – he was lamenting the fact that there weren't enough minutes for P.J. last year when Lance was here. So – Well, you don't – there, there aren't many guys with his size and strength. And, he's built. I mean, he's built – he's been built for the NBA since last year. I mean, since really before last year. So, I mean, yeah, his body's there. And he's a good individual defender. Where his defense lacks is in the the team defense. It's just, just staying locked. It's just special. staying locked in across yeah. the board. Staying locked in across the board is going to be the biggest thing for him, I think. I mean, of course, you know Clifford wants to see that, but they must have been. They, he must have been seeing something in practice as well, too, right? I mean, he, he must have been doing things, obviously, much better building up to the start of this season than last season. Hard not to do. Hard not to improve on last season. But hey, to PJ's credit, you know he must have been doing some things right. One one thing that we got to remember is that he he did lose I think ten fifteen pounds this off season. Yeah. So he was committed to working out. There wasn't the lapses that were there late in the season last year. So I believe that this is one of those we've seen what you can do. Go ahead and do it before we give it to a guy like Jeremy Lamb who hasn't been here that long. So let's give it time because this is I don't. It's kind of like the situation before. Whatever happens here, I'm not so sure it's the way it's going to be for the rest of the season. Yeah, Let's hold off on that. And so. it's important to know that Jeremy Lamb won't see action against Miami, still bothered by that ankle injury. And you also have to look, I think, too, at the Miami lineup. So they're going to roll out mm. Goran Dragic, Wade at the two, mm. Ding at the three, Bosch at the four, and Whiteside at the five. So that, that's a lot of size. That's a good lineup. So if Clifford is – well, it's a lot of question marks, but, yes, on paper, good lineup. Mm. But if, if, if you're Clifford and you're thinking, look, I don't want to roll out a small lineup and get – you know, and just get beat up early in the game when I, when I can put P.J. out there. He's a good individual defender, can probably disrupt a little bit of what Dwayne Wade wants to do and then come in with my small attack a little later on. Does that make any sense? I would say Batum on Wade, but outside of that, it makes sense. Outside of that, because I think you put your best defender on Wade, and then if whatever Dragic gives them, fine, you'll live with that. As long as Bosch and Wade don't kill you, I think you'll be more than fine. Well, and Batum can definitely hang with Lawal. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the Especially other Especially if there's no one out there to push Lawal's wheelchair around. Exactly. <laughs> and that's the, that's the bigger thing <laughs> where I think you could live with P.J. on Lawal and then mm. go yeah. Batum on yeah. Wade and – basically put everybody else and make everybody else earn their points. And I think that, and that's why I kind of think you'll see Cody get the start tomorrow yeah. because of all the people that defend Bosch the best in the league, Cody might be up there. I was going to so, say that, that you got to start Zeller then if you're facing Whiteside, Bosch, those two down low. It's going to be hard know. to roll Marvin out there. I mean. Well, I mean, but if you're thinking Zeller – against Bosch versus Marvin against Bosch. I, I mean, I may want Marvin because I think Marvin's going to be your better perimeter defender. Mm. I, I, think, Marvin, uh, I think Bosch would take him down low all night, though. Here's here's the other thing that we got to look at. Marvin might be better as a backup three. Oh, yeah. This year. 
Marvin might be better as a backup three. That's the one thing that just keeps that I keep from just coming back to. Marvin was good this year. He was real good as a backup three for this for the three position in this lineup. Well, he played so. well, and he played the three position as a – that's what, I guess, confuses me most about this. I thought he was going to start. <laughs> I thought it was going to be – because that's what we saw in, in the last couple of games. I thought it was going to be Kemba, Batum, Marvin at the three, Zeller, yeah. and then Al Jefferson. But obviously, something has changed. And And here's the important thing to note. Things are going to change – I'm not going to say night to night, but they're going to change a, a lot this season. So – you know, strap in, buckle in, whatever, because th- this is not the final starting five. It's a fluid situation. Yeah, it should, as it should be, because no one outside of maybe Kemba, Allen, Batum have really earned earned the right to say, "Okay, your spot is cemented here." Like no du- one else has really earned that. Like Dwayne Wade's knees. It's Jeez. a fluid. It's a fluid situation. You're, you're ask, you are asking for it. It's I'm a fluid. You, you are really. Asking it's a fluid for it. situation. It's day, it's day one. It's day one. It's Come fluid. on, man. Can we at least can we leave Dwayne Wade and Luol Dang alone until after, like next week when we don't have to play them for a little bit? Yeah. Then you can say that. I'm Not ju- now. All right. All right. All right. All right. Let's talk about who finishes the game because I think that's important. Are are either of you confident that it's going to be Kimba Lynn at the one two to finish the game? Oh, that, no, that's you, yeah. could, you could put that in permanent marker. Yeah. There's no way it's not that. No way. Unless PJ's got like 35 or something. I mean, literally. He'd have to be the yeah. hottest of he, hot Yeah, hands. he'd have to go off. But, yeah, I mean, that's the plan for sure. There's no way. There's absolutely no way. There's no way. Un- unless unless it's a technical – unless it's a free throw situation. That's yes. the only time where I think you change it, maybe, and you get Brian Roberts in there because he hit what ninety percent last year. That I think that's the only way it changes is if it's a free throw situation and they're trying to get back. And even then, I'm not so sure they won't roll. That Clifford will not roll Kemba and Lynn and see what happens. Let's talk about the this Heat and the the Hawks matchups. I mean, what do you think? Is it? I'm going to ask this to Chris Barnwall. He's coming up a little later, but I'll ask it to you as well, Nada. Do you think that it's important for the Hornets to get off to a good start these first few weeks of the season? Here's the funny part about, especially with these the next couple of games. I'm not the biggest believer in Miami, and I'm pretty. Sure, and I'm not sure if I told you all that. I'm not the biggest believer in this team. I, I look at Miami, Dwayne Wade's bound to miss, what, 30, 35 games a year, at least. You're talking about Chris Bosh, who might who might be good for 82 or might not. We do not know. You're talking about Goran Dragic, who was also one of the best up-and-down point guards, but is having issues with Spolstra. We don't know what Justice Winslow is going to give us. Luol Dang is on that Dwayne Wade injury injury time, pay time off thing. There's a lot of question marks on top of the fact that Hassan Whiteside might go back right, right regress to the mean. So why are we acting like this team is guaranteed to be a top four seed in the, in the playoffs, especially in the, even in the East Yeah, that, and that, Atlanta, I, I do see some regression, but I also see them. There's a chance that they're going to be really, really good, especially when, if Tim Hardaway puts it together mentally. That's what scares me about that team. Atlanta scares me far more than Miami. Far. 
That's the thing with the Heat. It's the East, but I think Bosch, and you got to assume that he is healthy. I mean, he's been cleared, and he's going to be back to what he was before he had his uh, his issues last season. I mean, I think he is. I think he plays at a level that is good enough to get them right around that top four seed. I mean, personally, I think if they can get you know a relatively healthy season out of D-Way, which, like you said, is probably you know twenty five games on the bench for him or not playing. Um, and assuming Whiteside is even close to what he gave them last year, uh, and Dragic, Dragic stays healthy, I mean, they just have a lot of talent. Like Doug said, I mean, some of it's on paper, but they also are are pretty deep. I mean, that's a good situation for Winslow to come out there, back up Wade, not have the spotlight on him, being able to develop a little bit. Um, and I think Spolter is a good coach. So I, I think they're going to be pretty tough, uh, personally. Um, and now, I mean, could everything – go bad yeah but if i'm looking at that team i see bosch is back healthy i think he's almost enough in the east to get them in that conversation you know even if everything else goes wrong the only thing i would warn you about is if bosch get lose misses any time do you know who's going to be the guy behind him uh, Mari Stoudemire. Mc- oh i was gonna say josh mcroberts yeah Mari Stoudemire and yeah. josh mcroberts yeah, no, that's an issue, that's, but um, that's, that's not that, good. Yeah, they, I mean, Bosch is is their is their you know is their guy. He's got to stay healthy for him, but I he can. Uh, I think I said early in this off season that the Hornets had the most question marks in the NBA coming into the start of the season. I I have to make that Miami now. I mean, Miami. You, you just look across their starting lineup, and not to just mention the bench. And you could see it going either way. And I'm I'm glad the season is finally starting. <laughs> you think they have more question marks than the Hornets, though? I do. Mm. I do. I think there are other teams that have a lot of question marks similar to the Hornets, the Bulls being especially one of them. There's a lot of teams that have question marks. Yeah. And I think that's why guys like Baseline Buzz did feel like there was an anti-Hornets bias. And... I understand why there that is, but the, the Heat certainly ha, should have as many question marks. But unfortunately, well, fortunately for them, Pat Riley is a guy that that is going to get the benefit of the doubt. And unfortunately, the Hornets have not earned the benefit of the doubt on that yet. Yeah, I think it's just, that's coming. Yeah, I think it's a case of more of the unknown for Charlotte. I mean, Miami, the questions are more: Can those guys go? Right? Can they stay healthy? Can they get the production out of Whiteside? But everyone else is a is pretty much a known quantity. Whereas I think the Hornets we're talking about right now, who's starting at the two, who's going to start Marvin or Cody? So I mean, there's a little bit of the unknown with with Charlotte. Exact? Are they going to keep up this play shooting these three pointers? There's a little bit more of a question mark there. Exactly what you're going to see. Whereas with Miami, for me at least. I know what they're going to be assuming all these guys are healthy. Now, sure, that's a question, but health is a question for, for every team out there, right? Well, health is definitely a question. I think so, but I think if you look at the two teams philosophically, I mean, the, the Hornets are moving in a direction that the rest of the league is moving in, and the Heat are going to struggle to space. They're going to struggle to hit three-pointers. They're moving, and they're getting older. It's like they're moving in all of the – they're looking to reload. You know, they're going to look to yeah. reload in the next few years. So, I, I don't know. I mean, it's an interesting question. Luckily, again, on Wednesday, leather meets hardwood, and we figure out uh, some things. We we start to uh, make sense of some of these question marks. Uh, Nada, 
How is the Mike Check podcast going, by the way? I've listened Mike to the Check. first two episodes. I haven't listened to the third yet, but third it, it sounds great. Today. Third one is out today. Um, doing it every week, trying to do it every Monday or so. Last week, I had a little ear issue, and unfortunately, that drove it back along with a lot of timing things with FNZ. But I'm loving doing it, doing it a half hour every Monday. Thank you for listening, Doug, because I definitely appreciate the, the support from y'all and everybody that listens from, from Hive Talk Live. I definitely appreciate it. Thank you guys so much on that. Seriously. Ab- absolutely. Well, and thank you for, for joining us and, and uh, busting out some of that knowledge. We really appreciate it, bud. No, no, dude, no worries. No, literally, for you guys, anything. Trust me. Except money. I don't have that much money <laughs> right now. Oh, that was going to be my next request, so I'm glad you, you made that clear. All right, thanks, Nada. Have a good one, bud. All right, you too, my uh, hey, the Hornets made some roster cuts. The Hornets got their roster down to 15. Jason Washburn, Sam Thompson, and last-minute addition Damian Wilkins were waived, which means Aaron Harrison makes the Hornets roster as a 15th man. David, this was down basically to Aaron Harrison and Damian Wilkins. Are you satisfied with the end result? Yeah, that was your pick, right? Harrison was your pick, I believe. Harrison was my pick because... Actually, you know, are you talking about when we talked about this last or now when I can retroactively say, of course, it was my pick. (laughs) No, yeah, actually, Wilkins was my pick. Okay, yeah, maybe then maybe Harrison was. I I can't keep it straight anymore. Um, Well, I thought, you know, Damian Wilkins could get a nod because of the backup three situation. Lamb, that's yeah, that's when Lamb went down and and Marvin played well and, and Marvin showed that he could hang at the three position. I think that's what doomed Damian Wilkins ultimately. Harrison knocking down threes certainly helped his calls. He went 6 of 10 yeah, from beyond yeah. the arc and, in preseason, so that helps. And your point was right, too. Somebody's going to pick up Harrison. Now, someone may pick up Damian Wilkins, but uh, I think there would be a lot more a lot more, uh, a lot more, shine on, on Aaron Harrison this go-round. So that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, that's good. As we talked about, that was going to be kind of a tough decision and, and somewhat of a toss-up, but I think that's that's good to keep a young guy – Try and develop him, you know. I mean, and he's played well, so uh, I think he's earned a spot. I was going to mention that with Lamb, with Daniels out, and who else? Obviously, MKG being out. I mean, Aaron Harrison's going to have to be available. He's going to. I mean, he he, he, he might not play. No, but no. he has to be. Available. I mean, he's not going to get. He's not going to get time before Roberts. I wouldn't think. I, I don't. I don't think so either. But no. but he's definitely he has to be available yeah. at yeah. this point. Yeah. So that's yep. interesting yep. for him. You know, he he barely makes the roster, and that's how it goes in the NBA. You just that's what they always say. It's like you just have to make the roster. Yeah, yeah. Because injuries, injuries are, are going to happen. A huge I mean, part of the game. Yeah. So good for him. I I think he proved himself. Uh, a little bit of a steal there for the Hornets, right? I mean, undrafted guy picked him up, played well. We'll talk about the stuck. we'll talk about the D League later, but it's important that the Hornets made that investment. Yeah, because of guys like Harrison. Finally, we right. knew it was coming. We got we were getting a little impatient, but it's good to to hear that official word. And we're gonna t- we're gonna discuss that in length at length later on in the show for more on lineup changes and cuts and all of your news and analysis on the Charlotte Hornets. Head over to at the Hive. Dot com. All right. We're introducing a couple of new weekly segments. And this first one I'm pretty excited about. Are you ready? We're going to talk about fantasy basketball. Yeah! 
All right, David, fantasy basketball time, a Hive Talk Live fantasy update. We started a league, a little rotisserie league on ESPN. We Rotel. just drafted our teams. David, do you like your team? Uh, you know what? It's funny. Now, now I was not present for the draft, so I did something That's I, I don't enjoy doing. But the there was an auto draft. I'm sorry to everyone else who was in the draft. I was the auto. Was I the only auto drafter? Oh no, there were a couple. Uh, but how okay. did you? How did your auto draft fare? Um, I think my number one pick was the Stifle Tower, right, Rudy Gobert. That's not I terrible think. from your not draft terrible. position. I, mean, I drafted pretty late. I was, you know, I'm, I'm, I was just running through it. Uh, did you get any Hornets? No, I don't think so. Well, Wait, let me check. No, I, I don't think I did. But I did get a former Hornet. You may remember him, Noah Vonleh. I do. And remember let me tell him. you a story about that. I had two drafts that night. One mm-hmm. was with with uh, our friends here, and one was later in the evening. I didn't make either, but I did end up with Noah Vonley on both teams. So I'm just saying, it's fate. Something's fate, going on. Fate has brought you two together. It's serendipitous. Yeah. No. Uh, I've got some. We have a deep league. It's a deep. Teams, it's right? seventeen teams total. Yeah. So it's going. The fringe guys are going to make a big difference. I think that's interesting in our league. Yeah. I'm. I'm satisfied with my team. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. We're not going to talk too in depth about the league on the show because yeah, no nobody wants to hear, wants to hear no about. One wants fan. To see that. All I'm going to say. I'm just going to give a shout out to who's leading the league every week. And then we'll mention some Hornets that are doing well. I drafted Nick Batum, so I'll be keeping a close watch on him. Well done. And we will talk about some guys you may want to look at picking up, some guys you may want to look at dropping. It'll be a quick segment. And we're starting a fan duel league. Check our Twitter at Hive Talk Live. We'll tweet out the link uh, to join up with that fan duel league as well. It's free. We're not trying to get scammed by some DraftKings workers or anything like that. So. And we have no chance of getting a FanDuel advertisement, but that's okay. <laughs> no, a, we kissed that one a, goodbye a, several shows ago. I think. <laughs> What's your team name, Doug, real quick? Uh, Zeller, I hardly know her. Well done. That's good. Yours? I didn't understand yours. Do I didn't you, get the joke. Do you even hands, bro? I don't get it. Like, you, you haven't seen, like, like the meme or, or do you even lift, bro? Oh. <laughs> See, it's a thinker, Doug. I get it. I'm sure most people out there. Look, I'm not the... Maybe not. Maybe that's how cerebral my jokes are. Like Dwayne Wade's knees, it's a fluid situation. That's... I thought it was... Doug Branson, care of (laughs) Hot Talk Live, send your complaints. That's all right. Okay. Uh, That's enough for fantasy. Again, we're going to keep this short and sweet. That's it. Hard-hitting fantasy, folks. Well, next week, next we don't week. know anything. We don't know anything uh, at this nah. point. Once we know something. NBA fantasy is is legit hard. It's difficult because here's but here's the thing. I think the rotisserie league is the way to go. I know a lot of guys like head-to-head. I'm in both now, thanks to you. But I think rotisserie is the way to go because you have so many games. It's a lot of games. It's a lot of games, so you don't have to manage it as much. You just set the guys that you think will do well. You keep an eye on who you need to pick up, who you need to drop, and you let you know this season-long affair take place. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. All right, time for another Hornets hot topic. It's so damn hot. Milk was a bad choice. The Hornets get their NBA season started down in Miami, taking on the Heat on Wednesday, then a home-and-home against the Hawks, making their home debut on Sunday at 2 o'clock p.m., an afternoon affair. 
here to help us preview these first three games. He edits for At The Hive. He writes for uh, just about every NBA blog on the internet. His name is Chris <laughs> Barnwall. Chris, welcome in. Hey, Doug. Glad to have you, hey, glad to be back. Did you like that intro? <laughs> are you blushing? What are you doing right now? Oh, I'm just... I'm infatuated with that intro. Like, I want to I want to light some candles and bring that intro out to dinner. All righty then. Uh, all right, well, let's talk about <laughs> these first three games, uh, Heat, Hawks, and then Hawks again. I asked this question to our first guest, Nada Edwards. How important is a good start for this Hornets team? I don't think the actual start is important. If they lose those games, yeah, whatever, it's two games of a two game season. Remember they won the first two last year. Uh, sure. It really, it really depends on how they play because the Hawks and the heat, their first two games are going to give them a big push. Both of those teams are very good. They're very competent defensively. And we're going to see a new offense from the Hornets theoretically, because that's what we saw all preseason. I want to see if things aren't working, if they stick to that offense, or if they go back to what didn't work last year because they know that's what they because that's what they like to do sometimes. Like I'm going to be very concerned if the three pointers aren't falling and they decide to go Kemba Walker dribbling around and Big Al post us all game. I think that's a great point, Chris. Although I'll give a little bit of a counter, I think that with the brutal West Coast trip coming up a little later on in the schedule, I think any victories they can pull off early on will be consequential. And I mean, if you look at last season, the games that they dropped early on when everyone was at full strength before the first MKG injury, if if they you know, split half of those, they would have been most likely in the Eastern Conference playoffs. So I think when you're talking about the East with how the competition is, these early victories could could play a big part in a playoff a potential playoff run yeah I think Chris is right yeah yeah Chris I was gonna say I think you're right though it's it's it is a little bit more important on how they play I mean I think overall they definitely don't want to get into a hole like they did last year so winning early is important but you know given the given the opponents two of the better teams I think at least I think the Heat are going to be better two of the better teams in the East certainly in their own division um, if they can match up well with them and continue some of this play that's going to be big over the long haul, as opposed to you know just how these you know two or three games because they play the Heat. I mean they play the Hawks back to back, right? Or not back to back, but two and three. Yeah, Friday, yeah. Friday, and then Sunday. So the first three games are going Heat, Hawks, Hawks. Um, you know, not the easiest way to get out of the gate, but I think you're right. The way they play uh, is going to be just as important as anything. Right, and I don't see. I'm not saying these games aren't important because they're regular season games. Every game does count at this point. Yeah, like you don't want to lose games. Like you always like the you always see at the end of the year that one team that if they had just won two more games in back in October they would have been in so like these games do matter despite the fact that we kind of don't think they matter because it's an 82 game season I'm just a little more concerned about the process and the actual results at this point. All right, well let's talk about each of these uh, opponents first. The Miami Heat. What's your read on this team and how how the Hornets should attack this team? The Heat are kind of weird because a lot of their guys haven't played together yet, like in actual games. They this starting lineup of uh, this assumed starting lineup of uh, Drogic, Wade, Dang, Bosch, and Whiteside didn't play a single minute together last year because right when they made the Drogic trade, 
Uh, Chris Bosch had that really awful uh, blood clot situation, which thank goodness he's fine now, but and that was really scary for a little while. So they're going to take some time to adjust, I think. And also there's a, some strangeness where I'm not sure if Dang really fits what they're what that unit's going to do well. I'm not sure how Drogic is going to fit well with two guys and Wade and Bosch that need the ball. Like this is going to have some adjustments. And Whiteside in particular, like he's supposed to be a really good defender, but we really don't know. As for attacking, I'm not sure what their weaknesses are right now. If I would guess that if you want to try and pick an early one this early into the season, I'd say go at Whiteside, test and see, okay, is he the legitimate ring protector we, that he showed last year, or was that just kind of a nice little second-half stretch that he had? No, I, I, yeah, I, I, and, and especially point. with Big Al. I mean, mm-hmm. any young guys out there that aren't used to defending a guy like Al, who there are very few of those guys left, or they can do it as well as he can. And obviously, that's the strength of the Hornets. I mean, that's a great that's a that's a great point. But that's probably where they do want to start. I mean, that's going to be some of their most effective offense. Well, and and two, I think you know that the Heat are going to want to try to get Drajic and Bosch involved in the pick and roll and see what kind of weapon they have early on. And you've got to find a way to disrupt that defensively. And you can't let those two guys find a rhythm uh, for for that particular game's sake and then for the sake of you know, just not letting that tandem get off to a confident start. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like The Heat are definitely one of the more dangerous teams that you ever have to play just because they have a great coach in Spolstra. They always have one of the better players on the floor in Bosch and Wade. Yep. And they are not a team that you can write off ever at any point of the season. And really, it's like you said, just they're going to be trying to get those guys going early because they're going to, like the Hornets trying to figure out if that offense that we saw in preseason is legitimate, the Heat are going to be trying to figure out if this roster is legitimate. All right, let's talk about the Hawks. Uh, obviously, they won you know 60 games last season, uh, so there's a lot of question marks about you know, do they regress to the mean a little bit? Do they come back to the pack, or uh, can they sustain? I mean, they, they have a lot of the same personnel. Can they sustain that success? They have a surprise starter as well, Bazemore, getting the call uh, at the small forward position. Uh, Thabo Sevalosha is still uh, recovering from his injury that he suffered at the hands of uh, New York City police. So how does Bazemore getting in there uh, affect this game, do you think? Well, listen, uh say that Baysmore is uh, nothing because he did have a decent stretch in the playoffs there, and they ran Thabo off the bench last year, so they might just like how he runs with the bench units better than he runs with the starting units. But uh, besides that, I'm really more interested with the Hawks in, I think this is going to be their biggest test to see how they work without, how the Hornets defense works without MKG, because mm. they have a great perimeter team perimeter group that can just fire three-pointers from everywhere. They can really play five out, none in if they want. And they have some really good penetrators in Jeff T and Dennis Schroeder who can really challenge those uh, recovery players. Because as you know, the Hornets defense is very help the big men, leave the perimeter players by themselves. So that one could get very ugly very quickly if they start hitting their three-pointers like the Hawks like to do. Yeah, those two games against the Hawks it... – they, I mean, when you play, them, you don't sound confident. Well, it's just like he said. It's just like Chris mentioned. I mean, it could go downhill 
real fast before you know it. I mean, the they have are just really good. Yeah, yeah. Also, they're really, really good. And also, I'm a little worried about these new uniforms. Just to be honest, I just want to bring this up real quick. <laughs> I kind of liked, I kind of liked them. I mean, I like the newness of them, but uh, I'm just not sure I can look at those Hawks uniforms for 82. I'm not going to look at them for 82 games. But this will be a good test. I mean, they're kind of crazy, right? They're insane. I mean, they're they're, they're out of modern. The, the Oregon. They're very modern. I, I like that about them. I'm just this uh, this this green. Hey, wait a minute. Chris didn't say they were good or bad. He just said they're modern. That means I nothing. No, I don't think I, I don't. I think they're kind of old. I don't think they're bad. Right. I don't. I don't think they're amazing. I I lean more good than bad. Yeah, I'm just saying like. It, it's like it's one of those things where you see that is cool. Like I could, I could, that would be fun to wear one time. But then if you have to watch it, is what I'm saying. Every you know, every night in and night out, I just don't know. I just if we need some Hawks fans, I mean, these jerseys are are wild. It'll be fun for a few games. Anyway, that was my breakdown of the Atlanta Hawks new uniforms. That's awesome. Maybe the, maybe the Hornets will come in with their teal jerseys and be like, "Look, you can't pull out these jerseys here and think um, that because yeah. you got." Well, then I think if they did it at home, Time Warner Cable would have to like pass out some free shades to everyone. It would just be too, <laughs> too bright. No, but yeah, Chris, I mean, is right. They are really good. They can spread the floor, and it can they can you can have one of those just barrage of three pointers in a quarter and, and be knocked out of the game quick. And that's happened before. So I mean, that's the danger. Well, and an underrated danger with this Hawks team this season is the addition of Tiago Splitter. Splitter. Because now they oh, have now they have really depth. Really difficult. Yeah, they got depth in the front court. So you know, the Hornets have to run Hawes and Kaminsky wow. and Marvin. Hawes out there and Kaminsky and... aren't going to handle Splitter. They're not going to handle very well. Uh, so I mean, Especially that's on the interior. That's the big test in my mind. Mm. So we'll see how the Hornets <laughs> respond Friday and uh, watch it Sunday, November first. That time when we came to arena. This start is. Bad. It's, it's bad. brutal. I mean, and then, it's and then they have Chicago right after that. That's why I, I think the Heat and you know trying to pick up two out of these three would be yeah, monumental. Like, it's not. I'm not saying it's huge. it's a reasonable expectation. I'm saying it would be monumental for this Hornets team. If they win one of those first four. I'm I'm not going to be upset <laughs> to be honest. They one. theoretically could. They theoretically could go winless till till the Minnesota game. Yeah. Like that's absurd. That is absurd. That would be that would be tough. That'd be a tough hole to dig out of. And and the team, what would worry me more than than just having six losses on the board is that this team was so is so confident right now, riding high on on a really good preseason performance. To come out that flat would be, uh, I think, really damaging for this team psyche. But you know, I'm not reading the comments. I'm not reading the comments. <laughs> yeah, the, the at the hive comments during, board. during that stretch. I, I refuse to read any comments. It, it would it would be. <laughs> It would be a struggle, especially depending on who was, you know, specifically struggling at the time. Um, but it, it'll be fun to watch. Uh, Chris, thanks for uh, dropping some knowledge on us. We really appreciate it. No problem. Always glad to be here. I mean, I'm just uh, – that conversation took me down a few notches, Doug. I'm just going to be honest. I was up. I was excited. Maybe I've been reading some of the – and listening to some of the preseason discussion from various sources, but – the schedule it is tough. Well, it's the tough, reg- well, you know, the regular season starts and things get, get real, real, get real. But I mean, if you're looking for reasons to be positive, always. I mean, this Hornets team played well during the preseason, okay. and and, and <laughs> okay. well, let me Go finish. On. Go on. 
they were doing things that I think we haven't seen will make them successful against yeah. the Heat, especially because if, if they can if they can shoot the three pointer against the Heat, then you have an immediate advantage because they're going to struggle to to space the floor. I, I might have to change my pick later. My, my lock. My Hornets lock, if you will. Yeah, that was a tough. You, you might have, actually, we might just have to change the the spirit behind that. Yeah, if we're going to do that all season. The the spirit behind it. What do you mean? Uh, are you asking me to pick a, a a game the Hornets are guaranteed to win yes, every week? That's the, yes, yeah, that's that would the spirit. Be the, that I'm would be the definition <laughs> of lock. <laughs> all right, all right. So yeah, we'll have the pick segment coming up in just a moment with uh, Nick Denning. I'll, I'll ask for your prediction on these first three games before we go back uh, on on the radio on Tuesday to talk about the Chicago Bulls game that night. One and three? Uh, oh, and three? Uh, I, I think they might be able to steal that one in, in, in Miami tomorrow night. And that, well, <laughs> I'm going to go, you know what? I'm gonna stay. Pop. I'm gonna go two and one. I say they they sneak one against Miami. They lose against the Hawks, and then they come back home, and they'll play in front of a raucous crowd. They'll be glad to be back home. They'll have a lot of energy. They'll and have that a day Sunday off. game could go either way. You and know, it's you, an afternoon it's, game. It's, it's, it's so o'clock, it's weird. A two o'clock tip. It would be great to, if it was rowdy in there to 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 get a good crowd in there. You could catch the Hawks a little sleepy to start that one. No Panthers to compete with. No Hornets Panthers. fans in Charlotte get to time or or in the surrounding area get to Time Warner Cable Arena. Let's make it rowdy. Uh, let's make it hard for those Hawks to concentrate. That'll be again Sunday, November first, two o'clock p.m. Two and one would be huge. It would. That's what I'm saying. It would be massive, monumental massive. for this team's confidence because. And I think they're already. They need to take that Panther mindset of of that chip on their shoulder, and and nobody believes in us kind of deal. Uh, a lot of per, there are a lot of personalities on this team that wouldn't even be concerned with that. But uh, hopefully, someone out there who who you know, like a PJ, maybe that's why. Maybe that's another sort of intangible that PJ brings is that you know he he's he's unafraid, he's confident, he doesn't care what people say because look. When you talk about P.J. Hairston, and this episode is called The Nine Lives of P.J. Hairston because he's been counted out so many times, and he just keeps coming back, and now all of a sudden he's a starter. And he's had a lot of chances. And how big would it be if he indeed turned in a big-time performance and and turned into the starting two guard? I mean, how big would that be for for this team, for this organization? You know, it was a first-round pick, uh, late in the first round, traded for uh, Shabazz Napier, I believe. So um, it would be huge. It would be such a big boost for this team because there is so much unknown at that two guard uh, with being without MKG to have something else. And that's really what they need. They need someone that they, they, you know, they can't put their finger on right now, but they need someone else to step up Mm -hmm. that they're not necessarily expecting, uh, but someone who's in the position to do that. I mean, we talk about Cody all the time being that guy who's going to take the jump and and who's going to take them to another level if it's PJ great i mean he's he's got he's like you said he's got the body he's he's got the mentality hopefully um and he's got the skill so if he can put it together for him it would be huge i think also what the hornets have added in the off season to Kimba Walker is other guys that that have speed and explosion and i think both of those things will help against 
you know, again, an older, a slower Heat team. And you're kind of selling me on you're selling me on the downfall of the Heat. I'm telling you. I was way up on them. I'm not I'm, I'm so high on Bosch. Because it's because everything with the Heat sounds so good. It sounds great. I feel that way about the city of Miami as well. I feel like <laughs> it's like the the idea of my I've been there. I'm just saying, like the idea of Miami sounds great. Yeah. Oh, a beach. Uh-huh. Oh, you know, great food. I just I I don't know. I get down there. I'm just I wasn't impressed. Miami, you're on the list. You joined Charleston, and uh, <laughs> I'm like the I'm like I'm like the anti Anthony Bourdain. Like I just go places and just like hate them <laughs> instead of embrace them. Well, I, you know what? I'm gonna make a great old man someday. <laughs> All right, uh, let's. What do we have here? Subscribe to us on iTunes if you haven't already. Get episodes of the show automatically uploaded to your phone through the power of the internet. We're starting a another new weekly segment, David. We're changing things up here in year three now that the season has started. Regular and, season, yeah. That's right. We're ready to go. Uh, this is called a Hive Talk Live's NBA Picks, although our next guest, I may change this to Nick's Picks because our next uh, guest, and he'll be with us all season, Nick Denning, writer for At The Hive. He's here to help us with this. Uh, Nick, welcome in. Welcome to the circus. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm happy to be here. Glad we got it. Glad we got it going. I mean, the NBA is getting started tonight. Soon, in like in like half hour. By the time this episode goes up, there will be folks around the nation huddled around their televisions with their children, clutched close by, watching NBA action. It's real. It's back. Nick, uh, what what excites you most about the NBA regular season finally getting started again? Uh, just the I, I look for it every night, you know, just just knowing seven o'clock, I can there's probably some game on, whether it's a Hornets game or something else. I mean, it's just it's a nice it's a nice just consistency in my life that that's back, you know. It's the backbone of our existence. I like that. So uh, here's how this NBA pick segment is going to work, fellas. We each bring three games to the table from the week's slate of games. We'll we will pick a Hornets lock, so that's a guaranteed Hornets victory. Mm. Mark it down. I've already, I've already place your bets. Concern. I've already the, expressed my concern over the this. Hornets are going to win the Hornets lot. That's what <laughs> we are saying. Uh, and then we'll have a league pass special, or a league, yeah, league pass special. That's something off the beaten path that may have a good storyline or 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 just a, a nice matchup. And then finally, a national TV treat. We're going to pick a winner and we'll keep score. We'll start with you, Nick. What are your picks? So for my Hornets lock, I have the Hornets over the Hawks in Sunday's home opener. Um, for my league pass special, I'm going to go with the Sacramento Kings over the Los Angeles Clippers. That's tomorrow night, um, and that's a Kings home game. And then uh, for the national TV game, also a game tomorrow night, I have San Antonio versus OKC, and I have the Thunder winning that. Those are awesome picks. You stole all of my non-Hornets picks because I can't wait to watch those two games. First of all, I can't wait to watch the Kings this year. I mean, if anyone needs to choose like a league pass team and you got an extra slot, you know, and you want to watch, I mean, who know, on a nightly basis, you could see just fireworks on the court, on the bench, in the locker room hallway. Like, who knows? No, yeah, that that's a great point. I, I think that's a great league pass team. What are some other good league pass teams this season? I mean, the Wolves are getting a lot of lot of love the for the dunks, for the dunk shots and the passes, and the and the young guys. 
I like I, that's a good one. I think. I mean, the Pelicans. I, if you can stomach as a Hornets fan, tuning into Anthony Davis as he continues to ascend into superstardom, uh, you just got to accept it. If you learn to live with it, it's a lot easier. But that's a good one because the Pelicans are going to be on TV some, but probably not all the time. See, see, as a lottery, as a as one who covers the lottery as well, I, I I'm kind of <clears throat> excuse me, I'm kind of impartial to uh, to watch Utah. And, he, and actually Portland mm. as well, Ooh. but Utah just because you know they've you know this is kind of they're supposed to be rising up you know they they could be a playoff contender a lot of fun fun players you know defensively on that team, um, and then Portland you know it's kind of a new era uh, obviously a lot of young pieces there they're probably not going to be very good but hey you know it, hopefully hopefully Henderson has a good year you know maybe Vonley has a pretty good year I, I'd be okay with Vonley having a good year even though we traded him you know I want him to do well. I think there are a lot of fans that would want to watch Portland to keep an eye on Vonley. And Gerald. And Gerald. <laughs> I'm kind of kidding. The, uh, Portland was always one of my league pass teams when they had Aldridge and Matthews and Batum and Lillard. That was a, that was a great league pass team. What, here's, here's a great question. Because all of us have jobs. We don't have like a ton of disposable income. You can buy league pass games for $7, which to me, that's, that's, that's an investment. I better be getting my money's worth. So which team is worth to you the $7 investment and getting like, you know, you get one game. That's per game. Yeah. Mm, one, that's a matchup-based question though, right? Could be. If you, yeah. See, I'd have to rank this. I'd have to see how many national TV games. But if I'm going for pure, like, getting my money's worth, it's got to be Golden State. So, you know, they are out west, so, you know, Obviously, you know, other side of the country, but they're going to get a lot of TV games, I think, national TV games. Yeah. So I don't know if that's worth the investment. Yeah, they're going to be on TV all the time. All their freaking games are at 1030, man. It's brutal. Yeah. It's brutal. <laughs> that's why that that would be, a, a, you know, point for spending $7 because you could watch it the next day. That's true. All right, let's that's get true. to David's picks. Yeah, so my picks, again, Chris uh, had some great selections. I looked at those. My Hornets lock, I'm going to stick with uh, Sunday Atlanta. Uh, Doug almost had me convinced to to pick them sneaking out that that opener tomorrow night in Miami. Uh, and then we started talking about the Hawks, and it got me super scared. But uh, I'm counting on that sleepy Sunday tip, and hopefully the home crowd can get behind the Hornets, and they'll be jazzed to, to, to get back home and get a win on Sunday. National game, Friday night, folks. Warriors at Rockets, 9.30 p.m., ESPN, the Rockets have had some words for the Warriors. Ty Lawson had some issues with Steph Curry's defense or lack thereof. You'd be the judge, but I think that one's going to be a good game. Um, James Harden, a little MVP mm, challenge. Mm-hmm. Maybe want to come out and show some stuff. I think that's going to be a fun game, and 930 Friday night games are always fun. Would you say that that Ty Lawson was kind of stirring stirring the pot a little bit? You could say that. You know what I'm saying? You could say that. You know that. what I'm saying? He's yeah. stirring. Okay. Yeah. You could say that. What was your League Pass special? League Pass special. I hadn't said it yet, Doug. Thanks for listening. <laughs> That's a segue. <laughs> it's got a segue, David. Wednesday, 8 o'clock, King James and the Cavaliers visit the Grizz in the Grindhouse. Ooh. Anytime you can get Cleveland in a League Pass special, that's always good. Well, yeah, and this the Grizz, that might be a good – I mean, they're not on TV a lot, but I think that's going to be a good game and a really good test for the Cavaliers because the Grizzlies always play tough there. Um, I've actually got the Grizz winning that one. 
I'm going to pick the Warriors in that other game. So a little upset special there for the league pass special. Going I mean, with if the you Grizz, wanna, yeah, I guess if you, I mean, the Grizz are going to be, it's in, yeah, exactly. Timberlake, maybe courtside, who knows? Who knows? Uh, okay, I'll run through my picks here. So I am going Hornets over Miami in the opener. I just think that there are going to be some matchup issues. And like several of our, our guests have said, Miami is still trying to figure out how all of the pieces fit together. And while the Hornets have a little bit of that going on, I think not as much, not at, not at the crucial points. I mean, you still have the Kimba, our relationship. You know, you still have Cody, Marvin. I mean, these guys have, a lot of these guys have played together. All right. My league pass special is going to be Friday, Washington at Milwaukee. Now, these are two Eastern Conference foes going head-to-head. My pick there is Washington. I think Milwaukee's going to struggle for a little bit without Jabari and as they figure out how to integrate Greg Monroe. And then Washington's just got so many big guys, and and you're throwing out Henson and Greg Monroe. Sorry, Milwaukee. Washington gets a victory there. National TV game. Here's a big one. Wednesday. Now, it would be easy to go Cleveland-Miami, but I'm going to go Wednesday, ESPN, the late game, 1030 Minnesota at Los Angeles. Oh, my God. Because, I mean, look, here's here's why I say this, guys. Early season is for the young guys. Now, you, you want to watch you want to watch Cleveland and, and Miami or Cleveland and Chicago duel. Okay, that's fine. Watch them late in the season when they start to turn it on. Mm. But early season is to watch all of these guys who we've heard so much about, so much hype, Carl Anthony Towns, D'Angelo Russell. That's who I want to see. I want to see the future of the NBA early on. Let me tell you what your correct choice was for national TV game. It was Warriors-Pelicans. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. I want to see, I want to see again, early on in the call, year. I'm going to call you at 1045 about 15 minutes into nobody, this Lakers. The thing is nobody <laughs> knows. These guys are all question marks, and that's the perfect time to watch them. The intrigue is at its highest. By the end of the year, we're going to know what Carl Anthony, Carl Anthony Towns may or may not bring to the table, what D'Angelo Russell can do in Los Angeles. We'll have an idea. Mm. I, I'm so intrigued to see these guys face off right now on national television. And then, you, you know, you throw Kobe in there and his possible final ride. It's going to be good. Fair enough. All right, that's, and, and that's a good point. That's a, that's a good point, Doug, because you know Kobe may not be playing in April. That's you know? true. So if you're gonna if you're gonna get him, <laughs> you gotta get him. You gotta watch him now. Yeah, you know? that's true. Watch him um, while he's hot. That's I, fair. I realized I didn't give any justification as to why I'm picking the Kings over the Clippers. I, I feel like I need to justify Do it. that. Well, real quick, I took Los Angeles. By the way, I'm taking I'm okay. taking Kobe and the veteran. All right, go ahead. Okay. Um, so with the Kings, I mean, I just you know. Obviously, Rondo's a big thing. If Rondo, again, this is kind of an early season thing, can Rondo show up? Is it the old Rondo that we we remember from, you know, the Boston days when they were winning championships or a championship? Or is it, you know, last year's Rondo? That's good. That's one thing I'm curious to see. Um, another thing, we're hearing Lance Stevenson might start. I mean, does, does that not at least interest you a bit just to watch what could be a potential train wreck? I'm sorry, who? Who now? is this Lance <laughs> Steven says, is that with a V or the PH? No, Chris, those are the two teams, right? I mean, those are the two teams. They're facing off each other. Great pick that are going to be the most entertaining just from afar to see, you know, what kind of what kind of sparks fly on the bench. I yeah. mean, if you just just the second group, just Lance, Paul Pierce, um, uh, who am I missing? 
Um, Brian Holland still on that team? No, no. <laughs> what, on the Clippers? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jamal Crawford? No, 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 uh, no, no, no. Uh, come on. Come on. Josh Smith. Josh we Smith. Watched, we watched him twice yes. yeah, over in China. Yeah, I was halfway asleep. Yeah, we were both asleep. Um, no, no, I think I think it's a great pick. By the way, you mentioned Boston with Rondo. Boston's another great team that would be a great league pass investment because they've got a ton of guys, a ton of young guys, a ton of pieces. They're they're going to be yeah. changing their lineup all the time. You never know what you're going to get. That could be an interesting one. You don't seem to be sold, David. No, that's yeah, all. that's all. Uh, it's, it's, that's a good one. It's not my first choice. I mean, they, I think you want. You know, some names or some high flyers or something. They, they'll play a good brand of basketball, though. And um, Brad Stevens is a genius, I, I'm, as far as I'm concerned. So that'd be a good pick. Uh, Nick, this was very fun. We're going to continue doing this all season. Uh, listeners will be become very familiar with you. I want you to prepare a, a fact about Nick Denning uh, that we don't know for, for every one of these segments. I won't put you on the spot this Tuesday. <laughs> But uh, you can make them up if you'd like. No one's really going to know. But I would. But just bring us a fact because we need to get. We need the listeners to get to know Nick Denning. And we're going to have some kind of outcome to all of this. We're keeping, we're score. keeping score. Yeah, there's going to. I don't want to say anything now and paint myself into a corner. But we're going to have some kind of reward, some kind of thing that goes along with this, and we'll we'll keep you up to date on that. But, uh, Nick, until then, thank you so much for joining us, and we'll we'll talk to you next Tuesday. Yeah, no problem. I, actually, I, I, I've got a fact for you. Oh, you my God, already. Problem. Yes, do it. So, um, let's see. Maybe six, seven years ago, I'm, I'm, I, I'm losing track of time here, but I, I once held the door for a Mecca Okafor. <laughs> right? it, 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 where? Where? It was a, it was a, okay, it was um, – so the one year that um, – I, I, went, I went to school at UNC Wilmington. And they went to tra- they had training camp there many years ago. Yeah, Doug hates Wilmington. Yeah, oh, okay. well, I've never been, but I okay. probably wouldn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, and uh, so you know, uh, I was I was heading out of the gym because I had been working with with the, the college team, and I'm um, opening the door, and who comes walking in with this giant medicine ball? This Mecca Overfor, and I was so starstruck. I just I said, you know, what? here you go, just come on through, man. You know. And and I didn't say a word to him, but I'm pretty sure he appreciated it. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Any t- any time no any time someone half your size extends the courtesy of opening a door for you, you you can't help but be appreciative. Wasn't was it Wilmington UNC Wilmington or Wilmington in general? Wasn't that where they filmed One Tree Hill? Yeah, of course it was, Doug. Yeah. 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 And um, that's all I know about Wilmington. See what else? What, what, what was the 3. what was the other what was the other thing that was filmed in North Iron Carolina? Man 3. No, the Dawson's other Creek. Dawson's Creek. Oh, yeah. Where was that? Was that Wilmington. in Wilmington? That was in Wilmington. Yeah. See, was the theme and, song uh, playing in your head while you opened up the door for Mecca? I don't want to wait. <laughs> they filmed a lot of stuff in Wilmington, Doug. They used to yeah. film a lot of stuff in yeah. Charlotte. I don't want to get into sure. politics. Let's <laughs> talk. Uh, he's done and down another one. <laughs> All right, Nick. Thanks so much, man. We'll we'll talk to you soon. No problem. You guys you guys have a good one. See you, man. Keeping score on those. I like it. Yeah, I thought we'd do – because we need something to spark the NBA as a whole conversation. Yeah. And this is sort of me hedging bets, that if the Hornets don't do so well later on in the year, we've got fantasy, we've got NBA. This show's going to throw a little bit of something. We're going to have something regardless. Right. You can listen to us regardless of how the, the Hornets are playing. This is yeah, this is us hedging our bets a little bit. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think the Hornets are going to do well this year. 
Hey, David, I've got some things to say. Oh, okay. And it's time for a little segment I'd like to call Random Tangents. That's uh, random. All right, Random Tangents. All right, so I'm sitting in a restaurant. And you can pipe in at any time. This is not a self That's what I do. No, you, you pipe in if whenever you want. If you're just you tuning to. in, folks, Doug works on the show all week, uh-huh. uh, works very hard to put it together, and then I come in here for an hour and just interrupt. I don't tell him and anything. Just throw stuff out. So. This is completely cold. So, Go listen, I, I've not told you this story. So, I'm sitting in a restaurant. Where? In Gastonia, North Carolina, okay. my, my hometown. I won't say the restaurant, but a, a waitress uh, sees my Hornets hat on and starts to relay a story to me about Tyler Hansborough. She's excited about Tyler being on the team, but this story was not um, a good story for her. She just talked about how they were at an autograph signing. I don't know, and and he was just aloof. That's a good word. Mm-hmm. It's not a you know it, he was just maybe he wasn't as interactive with with the fans. And she went on and on about how she loved his performance as you know psycho T right. at UNC, but she was just a little disappointed with his aloofness, and it got me to thinking like. I don't know what fans expect out of Tyler Hansborough because, and really all guys, like, and Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant and all of these guys that are super intense on the court, I don't necessarily blame the waitress for wanting him to be a little more interactive because I just think that's what fans want in general. But when these guys are super intense on the court, it normally doesn't stop at the horn. You know what I'm saying? Like, the, the the intensity is not just a, an act that they're putting on. It's part of who they are. It's the same with Michael Jordan. Like, people were shocked when he did the Hall of Fame speech. Right. And and I'm like, no, that doesn't shock me at all because that's he was a huge trash talker in when he played in the NBA. Everything. Yeah. And, and he's extremely competitive. And those things don't just go away when you insert yourself into the public. Right. I think, well, in this specific situation, I mean, Tyler's, you know, I've seen him since he played in Chapel Hill. He's never been a a totally outgoing guy. I mean, not not, not a shy person, but I mean, I don't think he's necessarily someone that's going to, you know, host Saturday Night Live or anything like that. Right. But again, I just don't with especially and really I'm just sort of pinning this on guys who are extremely intense or extremely right, physical right. on the court. You know, I, th- I think he's probably even more outgoing if you want to look at it that way on the court. You know what I mean? Like he's so in, like he's Ooh. not going to go in a restaurant and slam down plates and and uh right. and freak out. But 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 I know what you're saying, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's just he's super intense, super physical on the court and that's not something you can put away and I think it again yeah. it all comes down to expectations and so Again, this is random tangent, so I'm going to go tangent yep. and talk about what Hornets fans expect out of national media guys, and that brings me to Bill Simmons. So I'm I'm in my car, I'm listening to Bill Simmons' new podcast, mm-hmm. and he's doing the NBA over and unders with Joe House. Mm-hmm. And look, I know Bill Simmons is going to go at the Hornets. He always does. Any Charlotte team, you know, he's always calling for like Charlotte to, you know, be out of the NBA completely. But not, the, not, not, yeah, not recently. But I think ahead. he's always, anytime he's had a chance to bring up the Charlotte NBA franchise, whether it be Hornets or Bobcats, he's gotten a shot in. And, and now he's mad, you know, about the Hornets <laughs> the or Godfather, MJ the Godfather, Godfather trade. <laughs> Give him some more fuel. All right. So bringing all of this home, 
when I see people get upset about that, though, I'm I'm a little bit defensive of Bill Simmons because, again, I go back to what do you expect out of national guys? Do you, I, I just I never expect national guys to know the in-depth stuff when it comes to the Hornets or any small market or mid-market. Yeah, yeah. Like, I never – because, you know, and you hear that that podcast and he talked about Jeremy Lin starting. And by this time, all, if you would listen to this show at all, you had a good indication that Jeremy Lamb was not getting the start at two. Yeah, Lamb, right? He said Lamb. Lamb, yeah, Lamb, yeah, yeah. yeah Jeremy yeah. Lamb. He did, he, that, actually, that was a funny thing. They didn't even mention uh, Lynn at all I don't think unless I missed it um it must have been very brief but but and they didn't they didn't stay on the Hornets for long but uh yeah they mentioned the additions and I don't think they mentioned Lynn in there well again like I just I don't expect national guys to do that kind of in-depth research on 30 NBA teams because you have to understand if you're a national media guy your job is to induce clicks and and so you're going to focus on more on teams from bigger markets. It's just, it's a part of, it's capitalism. So I just, I don't, I don't want people out there to get too upset about the Bill Simmonses of the world doing that to the Charlotte Hornets because you have us, you have this wonderful resource, this hyper local take, and we're going to dig, we're going to do the research and, you know, we're going to tell it like it is. But at the same time, again, we, I think when you, when you study anything, you become somewhat naturally more optimistic about things Mm -hmm. because again, you have all of the details in front of you. Yeah. So there's that. And I think when you don't, when you're not able to study something, I think it's just our natural, natural inclination to be somewhat more pessimistic towards it. Yeah, that makes sense. And you know, from, because you you don't want to go out on a limb on, on a team and say, Oh, they're going to do great. And then they don't. Right. And the context of this podcast was they were looking at the over-under win totals for the season for each team across the NBA, right? Uh, yes. So it's, it's, it's a season preview thing in a sense. Um, but, you know, they, they ran down everybody. They go down through division, and they did everyone in the Hornets division, and they liked everyone else. <laughs> they liked everyone else except for the Hornets. Um, but I think they had a lot of the concerns that most of the people do when they heard MKG is going down. You know, they look at the additions. They they look at how the Hornets played last year, which by all indications is going to be changed somewhat this year with uh, a newer, you know, a new focus on three-point shooting. So it wasn't a good year last year. They, they typically do give uh, Steve Clifford a lot of credit. They, they tend to like him, and I think he's a good coach, correctly so. But, yeah, if you're a Hornets fan, you kind of got to roll with it at this point. I mean, from a national perspective, they're not going to get a lot of love until they start to make a little noise. I mean – We've talked about it all the time, how things change so quickly. 18 months ago or two years ago, the Hornets were the buzzed – or the Bobcats, Hornets, were the up-and-coming team uh, just a year ago as going into last season, Doug. We had Lance, what's going to happen? This season's going to be great. They're going to take the next step. So, I mean, it changes really fast, and, and that narrative does as well. It's interesting how narratives are, right? They take – especially in – again, in small markets, where in mid-sized markets where guys aren't paying as much attention – Narratives take a long time to coalesce, to be created. But then, as we saw with Josh McRoberts after his departure, they take a long time to go away, too. Like, things don't change on a dime when it no. comes to national narratives on mid-sized no. teams. And and all I'm saying, and this is the end of my tangent, is just don't get so concerned with it. Because 
there are resources out there uh, where you can get in-depth knowledge on the Hornets, like, for example, Hive yeah. Talk Live. Yeah, don't be mad at Tyler if he didn't. No, that's what I'm saying, too. Like, what do you expect? Like, that's who that's he is. That's the same is. thing with anybody, though. You know, it's like, and hey, yeah. maybe you caught him on a bad night. Maybe You never it's, know. It's, you never no, know. No, that was definitely, that was not an attack on, it was an attack on expectations right, right. that we have about players and national media and all kinds of things. Fair enough. Okay, good that PSA. felt good. good that PSA, felt good. Doug. You know, listen, uh, I I started this podcast, uh, and now I'm I'm finally uh, getting a little selfish with it, and 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 uh, using it as a as, as a platform. Let it go. Thanks, man. Let I appreciate flow. that. Hey, time for one last thing. Greensboro got the Hornets D League team. Congratulations to Greensboro. It came down to them, and I believe Greenville, Asheville, Fayetteville was in the running as well. At one point or another, Raleigh was in the running, but they dropped out. I'm probably missing one or two there, but Greensboro gets the nod. David, it's pretty exciting for them. I'm thrilled for it. It's good. It's about an hour and a half-ish from Charlotte, mm-hmm. so you can shoot up there and check them out. And I think it's important for the Hornets to kind of expand that footprint. A little bit. Uh, yes. In North Carolina, you know, Charleston would have been a, a good one too, Greenville as well. But look, you got to lock down your home state, and, and Charlotte's, you know, pulls from South Carolina as well too. But I think it's important to get some of that interest going, going the other, you know, going out past Charlotte. Right. Because you're not going to beat college basketball in that triangle, gonna, yeah. but you can say, hey, we're here. Hey, check this out. Yeah. It's interesting. Of course, the home of the ACC, I guess, officially technically is in Greensboro but 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 play wise you got UNCG there uh it's not a major city it's not a it, you know they don't have the the states the carolinas the dukes even to right. compete you with to compete with so in that sense i think it was a good choice yeah, i think it was a great choice so some more details on this they will uh, start their inaugural season in 2016 no uh, word yet on what the nickname will be or or any kind of detailed information like that but we do know they'll start in 2016 we do know that they will play in the pavilion on the greensboro coliseum complex so not in the 22,000 seat greensboro coliseum that's bigger than time warner cable that's huge it's actually yeah it's huge yeah there's a ton of seats so time warner cables a little over 17,000 yeah that's that's, that would be tough to fill for a d-league team so yeah pavilion is more like a it's more like a, it's got a concrete floor. They can put bleachers in there. It doesn't have a permanent roof. And I think that's one thing the Hornets organization wants them to renovate and create a permanent roof for that pavilion. But it's more like a, I don't want to say a high school gym. That's It's way bigger than that. But it's got that, you could fill it. Mm-hmm. You could, I think I think they wanted to get maybe 2,500 to 5,000, something like that. Yeah. I think you could easily do that, and the building will look full. So we got to, we got to, you know, spitball some names here. So I spitball one. I said, do somebody mentioned that the Warriors do this as well with the Santa Cruz Warriors, but just stick with Hornets because Mm -hmm. that name has a tradition in Greensboro with a minor league ball team, the Greensboro Hornets. Exactly. So you could stick with that. And then again, you keep that branding, you keep that affiliation going. And then of course it was inevitable. People would joke the Greensboro Bobcats. But there's ze- that's like <laughs> zero chance that one happened. I mean, I did not I, think I, about that. You didn't? No. Nah. That was the first thing on a lot of people's minds. 
either cynically or there are some people I'm sure that legitimately wanted the Bobcats name that attached would be, in some way. That would be I'm just that, I think that would be amazing. It would be such a win. I mean, it would be such a a, a unexpected move, a weird move from the Hornets to do that. I, I think I think some people in a weird way would 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 applaud it, but I don't think it's probably the way they want to go. Right. I know. You know I what I mean? No, Ironically, exactly. it would it would get some fans. I just don't. I don't think any market. Mar, I don't think marketing really understands irony. I don't think <laughs> irony is on marketing's radar. So I, I don't think that's going to happen. But Somebody brought this one up too, David. Greensboro Flight, which, if you'll remember, was in yeah. the running yeah. for the Bobcats' name. And there's some Air Jordan. Isn't there a flight? Isn't that some part of like Jordan brand uh, something? Um, yeah, there's. It's been in the. You know, it's been in the, in the sphere. It's been in. It's in the. Universe. So there's some it's things you could do. I think with flight and Air Jordan, Jordan Brand. If, oh, I didn't if, even think about that. I really have not thought about this at all. Apparently, <laughs> you know what? I, and I, someone can correct me on Twitter at Hive Talk Live if I'm wrong about this, but I think that flight was actually third place, and was, I believe Dragons was second place or geez. something. Knights did Knights get any run? I don't know. I, I really think like Dragons was up there. I don't think it was considered, but I think when they put it to a like to the fans, I don't know. Maybe I could be complete. That just my memory is saying something to me about that. The Greensboro Hornets makes sense because, like you mentioned, I mean, if they're gonna if they're really talking about expanding this brand and and the coverage, uh, I think Charlotte Hornets is pretty well known probably throughout the state anyway from back in the day. But that makes sense. Something tells me they're gonna want to spice it up a little bit but i don't know i don't know what that would be um looking at some of the d-league teams names real quick of course the austin spurs naturally okay so yeah there's another one that went delaware 87ers is the best yeah because it has like a play with the 76ers and yeah uh la defenders could be an arena league uh raptors (laughs) 905 santa cruz warriors west westchester knicks sioux city skyforce I so mean, look, Sky there. here's the thing. I love Skyforce. I just yeah. think if you're going to go off the beaten path, then just really, really hit go it hard. Fort Wayne Mad Ants is what you're saying. Yeah, I would take yeah. something like I want it over the top. That's what I'm saying. Don't do like Greensboro Knights or something. You know, I, I just want something that's either either stick with the branding or just go like really goofy with it. Although here's what I'll say. I think the D League is finally starting to like get serious. I mean, there's going to be 20 team affiliated D League teams now, yeah. and I, I think the NBA really wants to get that to 30 with every team owning a D League team, and it be a real minor league system. So, if that's where it's heading, I think the pressure will be to keep that Hornets name to keep the affiliation uh, at that's top a- of mind. Yeah, it, it, that makes sense. The Greensboro Hornets is probably uh, – that makes the most sense. But, hey, they've got – you know what? They they do have a good marketing team over there. They do involve Jordan Brand and Nike a lot. So I wouldn't mind flight. You could see some stuff. You could see some – the Greensboro Jumpmen. I mean, I'm just saying. You could see some stuff. Of I, course, would, I wouldn't mind flight. I wouldn't mind – I wouldn't even mind Jumpmen. I don't know. If it had something to do with MJ, I think at least then the affiliation makes some sense. Yeah. But I think it's going to be Hornets as well. That's going to do it for us, friends. We're back on Saturday with our Saturday sit-down. Stay tuned for more information on that on uh, Twitter at Hive Talk Live. Follow us on Instagram at Hive Talk Live. Facebook, facebook.com forward slash 
Hive Talk Live. For more news and analysis on your Charlotte Hornets, make sure to visit at thehive.com. And, of course, we'll be live again on Tuesday. So stay tuned. Thanks to all of our guests, Nick Denning, Chris Barnwall, and Nada Edwards. See you soon, Hornets fans. Hey, enjoy the basketball. We'll be tweeting Wednesday's game, Friday's game, Saturday's game. We'll be tweeting it all on at Hive Talk Live, so make sure to follow us. We'll see you next. We'll see you on Saturday. Until then, let's swarm Charlotte.